Hey, welcome to the Sunday preview. My name is Chris Mueller, and what we're going to be doing over the next seven to eight minutes or so is just taking a look at this Sunday's Liturgy of the Word to kind of see what I feel like God is saying to me and maybe spark a little bit of what God might be saying to you as we prepare ourselves to come to Mass this Sunday, to hear the Lord proclaimed in His Word, and also to receive Him in Eucharist. So, hope you enjoy the Sunday preview. If you have any questions or comments, post them in the comments below, and God bless. We will see you in the Eucharist. So this Sunday's Liturgy of the Word, I think it's it's really challenging, as if God is saying to us, what have you been putting off? What have you been waiting for? What do you think is impossible? What have I asked you to do that you have so many reasons you can't do? And so we start this Sunday with a first reading from Jonah. Now, Jonah is one of those stories in the Bible that is very familiar to people, but actually because of its familiarity is almost unknown. I mean, we most people know uh, kind of uh, culturally, just Jonah and the whale, right? There's this idea that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. And of course, if you are a, a creationist versus a evolutionist and you want to get involved in that kind of fundamentalist argument, then you go, oh, well, how could he have been swallowed by a whale? And well, God could have made a whale. And if he wanted to, he could swallow it. People have an apartment inside of it, and blah, 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 people back and forth. And they forget like the point that, that God's trying to teach us something in and through this story about him and about his relationship to us. Now, I don't know a lot about Nineveh, but I know in Jonah, God sends Jonah to Nineveh. He says, go to Nineveh and preach repentance to the Ninevites. Tell them to stop doing the bad things that they're doing. It doesn't say why, but it says Jonah then goes immediately and he flees to Tarshish, which is a Phoenician city, um, kind of on the other side of the world. And so he gets passage on a boat to go to Tarshish. Um, as story goes, storm comes upon the boat and they think they're going to die. And they start to draw lots. And finally, Jonah's like, I know why the storm is here. It's me. I'm the reason um, that that the storm is coming. If you throw me over the boat, I'm uh, over the side of the boat. I'm pretty sure God will save you. So they, they immediately chuck him over the side of the boat. And thus the whale... That's when the whale eats Jonah. He stays in the belly of the whale for three days, three nights. Then he spit onto the shore and eventually completes his mission and he goes to Nineveh. What's interesting is then, this is where we pick up. This is where we pick up the story this Sunday, uh, is Jonah is now in Nineveh and he's preaching repentance. Repent, you know, turn from your sins. And he, he intends to go on and preach for three days to the Ninevites. Repent, repent, repent. Um, but he just begins his journey, and he goes just a singles day walk, announcing 40 days more, Nineveh shall be destroyed. And the people believed God. And, and it says they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. And when God saw their actions, how they turned from their evil, he repented of his evil that he had threatened to do them, and he didn't carry it out. So basically, God saw their repentance, and he says, okay, well, I'm not going to smite this town because they've, they've clearly turned towards me. That, apparently, Jonah thought this was impossible, or he was not going to do it. I mean, he, he thought to go to Nineveh and to preach repentance to the Ninevites was too much. It was beyond what was acceptable or rational, and so he goes to, to Tarshish, or tries to go to Tarshish instead. But ultimately, when he does what he's supposed to do, he doesn't even get through Three days into his preaching, he just gets once around the city and the people repent. The impossible happens. What the unthinkable happens. And I think God is, is kind of saying to us, what is that unthinkable thing 
I'm asking you to do, whether that be tithing, whether that be uh, natural family planning, whether that be just to order your life around getting to Mass on Sunday or to order your life around um, getting sin out of it. What is the impossible thing God's asking you to do? What are you running to Tarshish to avoid rather than going to Nineveh to confront? Uh, That's the first reading. Now, what's interesting is the second reading, St. Paul is telling us, literally, um, time's running out. I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. And he goes on, he says, let those who have wives act as not having them, those weeping as not weeping, those rejoicing as not rejoicing, those buying as not owning, those using the world as not using it fully, for the world in its present form is passing away. I think what we can read from that is, um, hey, this is not the time for business as usual. We as as believers, time is running out. The end is near. And and does that mean that that it's going to be the the end of the world? I don't know. I mean, your end of the world could happen the day you walk out of the church. You just... Here comes your bus, right? Your end of the world could happen in the night as a heart attack, Jesus says, a thief in the night. The reality is what God is telling us at every point is don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't don't wait until you think it's the time to start acting like a Christian, like a believer, to start making those choices. Start taking those risks on what I've called you to. Do it now. So it's not time to act like everybody else. It's not time to to do what everyone else is doing. Now, we're not supposed to be in the world in this present form. We're supposed to be living for the world in the form that is to come. It's perfected form in the second coming of Christ in a new creation. We're called to live in that now. So we've got the first reading telling us, Jonah literally says, no, God. But then when he does, God does unthinkable, miraculous things in the conversion of the Ninevites. We have St. Paul telling us time is running out. From now on, we're going to supposed to be acting in a different way. And then the gospel, we see that Jesus is in the Sea of Galilee, and he sees Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. These are fishermen, right? This is what they do. They fish, and they fish their whole lives. And by the time you get to be Peter's age, you know that you're going to be a fisherman until you die, and your children are going to be fishermen. And you've been fishing since you were very young, and you'll fish until you're very old. And then here comes this Jesus, right? And he's going along the shore, and he's he's at this point gathered a little bit of notoriety, But he looked at them and he says, come after me and I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus asks Simon and his brother Andrew, remember Simon is Peter. He asked Simon and his brother Andrew to do the unthinkable, to put down their nets, to leave their way of life, to leave the life that they knew and expected and and thought they would have for the rest of their lives and to follow him. And they do. It says they they abandon their nets and they follow. They immediately. There's no hemming and hawing. There's no. There's no. Well, I will. You know, after I've got this done, or once we get our retirement secured, then we're going to do it. No, they they put down their nets. They follow him. Then, and then Jesus continues. See James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Those also fishing in boats, and he calls them, and they leave and they follow him. See, are you seeing a theme here? God is calling you today, specifically calling you today, and he's not saying someday. He's not saying uh, when you're older. He's not saying when your retirement's secure. He's not saying when your kids grow up. He's not saying later. He's saying today. Today, I'm, call- I'm calling you to follow me radically into things that seem impossible and unthinkable, into a lifestyle that's not like everyone else. I'm calling you to follow me. And we have to then stop and say, well, what's stopping me? Why am I running to Tarshish rather than going to Nineveh? 
Why am I holding on to the nets of this life rather than letting it go to follow after his life? Why am I living as if this moment, this world is the only world that will be when I know that this world is passing and I'm called to live in eternity? What's stopping me? What's keeping me from following after the Lord? So this Sunday, we've got a very challenging liturgy of the word. And I I really challenge you, just meditate on that. Read through those readings this week as we get closer and closer to this liturgy, preparing ourselves to receive Christ in the Eucharist, to join with our community in worship of the Father through the Son. I just really challenge you, go through that liturgy of the word, read it, meditate on it, and really sit with that question. God, what are you calling me to do? What radical life have you called me into? And what's stopping me from following you? You may know exactly what that is that's stopping you. And so as you meditate, as you pray on those readings, as you invite God into that, I I really encourage you then to make a small act of faith or a large act of faith and say, God, this week, give me the grace that I can give this to you. Give me the grace that I can let go of this thing I've been holding on to and I can give it to your hands and trust you with it. And God, let miraculous things like happened with Jonah and Nineveh happen in my life. Let miraculous things like, like happened in the lives of the apostles happen in my life. God, the conversion that happened through those men, hap- let them happen in the lives of my family, in the lives of the people I encounter, that people would see me and see you. And Jesus, we ask this in your holy name. Amen. The Sunday Preview is a production of 242 Revolution Ministries, seeking to bring the devotion of Acts 242 to this generation, devoted to the teachings of the apostles, to the communal life, to the breaking of the bread, and to prayer. If you have more questions about 242 Revolution, or if you'd like to help make this podcast possible, you can go to 242revolution.com. That's the numbers, 242revolution.com.